Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Rush Nation, before we get into today's show, let me tell you about expandtheboxscore.com, putting advanced statistics in your hands like never before. They've sifted through every game together and saw every statistic you could possibly want to make better informed breakdowns of players and teams, and they're doing it for a peasant's price. The NFL package is just $15, and Total Football, which is NFL and college, is just $25 for a year's subscription. If you're playing DFS in any leagues for money, this is, without a shadow of a doubt, the easiest investment you'll ever make. Head over to expandtheboxscore.com to start your subscription now. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? New week, new me, and I'm joined by Rich. Murph is still out after baby Murph joined us two weeks ago today. Haven't actually heard when he's coming back, Rich. Do you have any news on this? Um, yeah, I actually sent him on a one-way flight to um, Botswana, so he's not actually coming back. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, did you send him first class business? Did Baby Murph go? What was the sitch? Um, all I know is I had to pay a man in a pub some money. and uh, A man said, in a pub? Does that mean he's been bundled into a crate and sent on his way? The, the, I mean, the guy actually said, you know, less questions you ask, um, the better, really. So, yeah, just gives me, I think the term is plausible deniability. Fair. 
So Botswana Tourist Board, if you are listening and you need someone to cover the NFL from that side of the world, reach out to the bundled in a crate Murph and he'll be able to sort you out. Rich, you're back, man. Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it big time. No worries. It's always it's always good to be on. How's uh, how's the UK FL2 signups going? Any more? Uh, do you know I haven't checked in the last couple of days. I've been I've been pretty busy with um, s- sending out orders actually for the draft boards. So oh, is that, is that final, taken off? Yeah, it's fi- final final push. Um, obviously, you, next couple of weekends are big draft day weekends for people. So if you if you want one, and I've still. I can send it out and you still have it in plenty of time. So head on over to King Fantasy Sports and use the code five yard and you'll get ten percent off. We've got hundred and fifty nine people have signed up for next year. Oh, so progressing quite nicely. That's quite nice, yeah. Not too bad at all. Considering it's for next year, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, considering this year hasn't started. Yeah. It's a bit like that park Christmas thing where you put money away all year and then you've got a pot at the Christmas to spend on stuff that you want. You're sort of doing that for next year's fantasy season already. Exactly. Good comparison stocks. I like it. I like it. So Rich, today's show, you and I are going to do some news and then we're going to get into veterans that we like in this year's fantasy drafts. Uh, The only stipulation is they've had to be in the league for six years and I have to confess on my first one, I already break the rules. That's terrible. Well, he's going into his sixth season, so I bent the rules Mm -hmm. slightly. Yeah, I'll probably allow it then. Okay, thanks. Well, you're going to have to because I'm running the ship. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Actually, do you run ships? Do they get run? Um, I mean, they're helmed, aren't they? They've got a helm. So, yeah, you don't we'll say, say I'm helming this ship. That's weird. No, yeah. You say you run it. and I think, Yeah, I think you say you run it. Well, this ship's been run. That's how it's going to work anyway. So, news, Rich. Breaking news. Antonio Brown has walked off the field after the helmets were ordered on at Raiders camp. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I actually find it really boring. Like, yeah, just, it is so just boring. go and just go and play. Like, you. The thing is with Antonio Brown is, he, I think he's going to end up destroying his legacy just with all this off-field stuff. It's ridiculous. Just go out and play. I one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. And what makes it even worse? Well, not even worse, but I got an alert on Sleeper. So Sleeper, the best platform to play your fantasy football. Just saying. They sent an, uh, an alert saying uh, Antonio Brown walks off field, helmets on, Brown off, something like that. And then I just clicked on the link to see the actual bit of news. And on Sleeper, you can comment on it like a forum and stuff. And everyone was just putting clown emojis and putting and just gunning him and stuff, which is fair. But come on, guys, you've got nothing better to do than comment on a thread that is about two weeks too old by now. I mean, come yeah. on. What? Focus on your fantasy draft by heading over to fiveyardrush.co.uk and having a look at our rankings. Yeah, exactly. So Duke Johnson has practiced for the first time with the Texans. He's been dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue, but seems to be back on track, I suppose, in practicing with the Texans. Lamar Miller-Rich, you might be talking about him later, am I correct? I definitely am talking about him later. Ooh, just out of interest, do you know how many years Carlos Hyde's been in the league? Um, he's sneaky old, so I'm going to say nine Oh, I'm surprised you didn't put him in today's veterans bit then. Uh, no worries. Just, I, I thought I'd spoken about Carlos Hyde last week, so I thought I'd mix it up. Oh, yeah, appreciate it. So Duke Johnson, but you, I guess you might mention him a little bit later, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I'll probably give him a little heads up. You give him a heads up? Just let him know you're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, just let him know. Just reach out to him. Yeah. Fair enough. So Odell Beckham's been pretty vocal recently about how the Giants have traded him to Cleveland to die. I don't really know... 
this sounds ridiculous to me because the Giants were terrible. Everyone knew that. And Beckham gets traded to Cleveland, who were on the up and up. Why is he going there to die? Like, what's that all about? I don't really understand with the, like, the whole hate on Odell Beckham. I think maybe prop, some of it is that same issue you got with Odell, um, Antonio Brown. It's just a lot of the off-field stuff is just creeping onto the field now and affecting how people look at him. Yeah. Just have you seen OBJ's one-handed catch? By the way, the one under the leg. Under the leg. Yeah, I did see that. I thought that was incredible. That's like, stupidly good. Like it makes it look so easy, and it's I can't even catch it. Well, if I caught it two legs, hands under my legs, I'd probably fall over on landing. But it, I just I don't understand how he does it. The gloves. I'm saying it's all in the gloves. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty show off, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> It's very show offy, but if I would can... love him for, for him to do that in one in an actual NFL game. But yeah. I could see him getting absolutely murdered by a linebacker <laughs> mid-flight, like, mid, just mid-catch, edge. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just watching the ball come into his hand, and then it'll be like Clay Matthews or something, just bang, laid him out. Yeah, that's the sort of hit Clay Matthews would enjoy as well. I think he'd stand over in Taunton and get a penalty. <laughs> yeah, probably. Ah, uh, Bacon Mayfield, what are you doing? Focus on playing football. This seems to be way too much hate thrown around this preseason. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It just seems like I think what it is is you've got a couple of diva-ish receivers, and um, they obviously take up a lot of the headlines. I don't know what it. Yeah, I don't know what it is this season, but it does seem like there's a lot of you know. Maybe it's because everyone's a bit uncertain about the um, the collective bargaining agreement for this season. Yeah, maybe. Um, so you think they're trying to throw around a bit more weight, but I don't know. It's just, it is a bit of an odd one. Yeah. Uh, Baker has talked about why the, the Giants, he quite, this is a, he can't believe they drafted a quarterback at number six and he can't believe it was Daniel Jones. So <laughs> pretty hardcore on the poor rookie who got drafted at six. Yeah. That's not, it's not friendly. No, fantasy news now, I suppose it could be fantasy relevant if you're in a deep league and that's uh, rookie Marquise Brown has began practicing recently but John Harbour has said he's a long way to go before looking like an NFL pro and appears to be very very sketchy in practice uh, probably nerves I would say but I think Miles Boykin is definitely the wide receiver to own over in Baltimore now I don't want any of the wide receivers in Baltimore no, no, but if you had to pick one Rich if I had if I had to pick one I think I'd question my life choices but I'd probably end up choosing Willie Sneed I knew you were going to say that. As soon as I asked it, I said, I thought Richie's going to say Willie Sneed here and throw my... Okay, fine. I'm taking Boykin. Oh, this sounds like another... No, we can't go another one. There'll be too many on the table. It's going to end up being like every single player we've got a bet on. Well, not every. Up until last week, we were 100% we were hundred in agreement. That's true. That is true. And obviously, we don't need too many bets because this train will come off the track and then it will just be me talking on my own because you'll leave for Botswana or wherever it is Murph is and start the Botswana Rush podcast and it will just be <laughs> left here talking rubbish. Uh, apparently Taysom Hill has been compared to Steve Young, which I'm not sure on. I'm not really too sure on that either. Okay, we'll move on. This next one is definitely fantasy relevant. So a few weeks ago, Rich, you said you cannot possibly draft Kareem Hunt, correct? I did. Do you still stand by that? Yeah. Okay, great. So Melvin Gordon... I am now pretty much in the same boat on him as you are on Kareem Hunt. And I think he should be drafted after Kareem Hunt because by all accounts, he's, he's just saying you need to call me basically. And it's going to be week 10. If he does come back, it will be week 10, which will be after Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, supposedly the charges have removed 
Melvin Gordon's picture from all of the banners and stuff like that. I think it's a little bit of posturing from both sides. I honestly think a deal probably does get done. Um, but I am starting to get a little bit worried about it. So he is sliding down my board. But I think I'd still draft Melvin Gordon ahead of Kareem Hunt. Okay, that's fair. Where where do you think, you, what round do you think you'd take him in now? I want, well, he's currently going in the third, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. I don't think I'd give up a third round pick, but probably fifth or sixth. He actually went in the seventh round in UKFL, and that's probably, I'd feel really good about selecting him in the seventh with the risk. Yeah, for sure. Because you're starting at that point to get your upside players anyway. And if Melvin Gordon is Melvin Gordon all season in the seventh, you've basically got a steal there, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's you need to bake into into his price the risk that he's got of not playing. Yeah, that's completely true. Somebody who shouldn't be playing but is, is Broncos Emmanuel Sanders. He's returned after his torn Achilles and went really well. Caught two passes including a 45-yarder, but that was called back on a penalty. Looked pretty good after his Achilles, considering uh, Devonta... No, sorry. Who got cut from the Houston Texans, Rich? Devonta Foreman. He uh, took him ages to get back from his Achilles. I don't know in comparison how bad they both were, but yeah, it's good news for, I guess, Joe Flacco, but Broncos wideouts. Sanders yeah, I think, number one now, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think that's almost one of those ones where it's good for... Denver, not necessarily good for fantasy. Yeah, for sure. Because I think Sanders being on the field, you know, it, he can stretch the field, and I think I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily want him in my lineups. I mean, looking at the players that he's going around, uh, Corey Davis, Jason Jackson, um, Dante Moncrief. I think I prefer those guys to to Sanders. Even Corey Davis. Even Corey Davis. I mean, it, the Tennessee offense is awful, but he. <laughs> He is the one. I mean, out of all those options, Corey Davis would probably be the one that I would really have to think about in regards to Sanders. Like, I'd, I'd definitely take Sean Jackson over him. I'd take Dante Moncrief over him without thinking at all. Corey Davis is one of those where I would have to kind of sit and go, hmm, do I really want to tie myself to the Titans? Mm, yeah, I feel you. Even though I am Corey Dory Davis fanboy, I just think it's just a hot mess over there. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, if, if you're choosing between your quarterback being Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill, it's not gone well. <laughs> That's very true. Moving on to not gone well, Jimmy G. He was apparently a little frustrated after his 0.0 passer rating against the Broncos. He came back, first came back after tearing his ACL last season, and he went one of six for no yards and an interception. Yeah, I mean, I think preseason is quite overbaked. I mean, it, I find it. I do find it funny how we can say Jimmy G is a washout because he struggled in preseason, but then Kyler Murray struggles in preseason. We all just say, "Oh, well, he's a rookie." Oh no! Listen, I never mentioned. I never said Jimmy G was a washout, and I hadn't got no, to Kyler. This is what I've been seeing on um, on Twitter: people saying, "Oh, it's it's awful that this has happened," and you know, he's Jimmy G is just a washout. He was a one one off. I just, I don't agree with that. I think I think Jimmy G is going to be fine come come regular season. Well, let's hope so, because I've got him in a couple of places. <laughs> yeah. Not He's too good-looking to be bad. Oh, there has to be somebody who's incredibly good-looking but terrible or something. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I will come to it. I'll think about that during the rest of the podcast. Okay, get back to me. Okay. I can't talk and think, which is an issue. 
Mm. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Josh Gordon got reinstated as well. That's pretty big news. I don't know how we forgot that. That's, that's, um, <clears throat> I think it's pretty big news. So, obviously, the the Patriots wide receivers core being what it is, he's going to have a lot of targets and a lot of production because there's no one else there. Um, I think I don't think I'll end up drafting him because I think he'll end up going really, really high. But for me, it kind of opens up the field to Nikhil Harry because he's going to be out on the outside as well. And yep. now that now he's not going to be getting the like the star cornerback because I know you've got Edelman, but he operates out the slot, and a lot of um, you know big time cornerbacks can't really operate out the slot. It's quite specialist, yep. so I think it probably helps him quite a lot. So if I was looking dynasty, I'd probably be looking to try and pick up Nikhil Harry. I think I just need to see if he's available in the. Oh no, something's happened. Oh well. Maybe not. In the Eurovision, I'm, I'm up in a couple of picks, and if he's still there, I'm going to take him. So I don't think we started it before the news of his reinstatement, and I don't think anyone's taken him yet, and we're in like the 10th round or something. That's beautiful. That's exactly where I'd want to take him, those kind of double-digit rounds. But Yeah. I, uh, you mentioned Kyler Murray having a shocker, Rich. He didn't really play well, but I, I think preseason is just it's one of those things where I'm not looking for you know, a particular player to to leap out or leap back like I'm looking more at how players are used so I'm looking more at you know how how the target shares go in who's the first running back to touch the ball you know that kind of stuff um rather than anything else I mean Kyler Murray is going to be the starter in the Arizona Cardinals offense regardless of how how he plays preseason um and I yeah none of these teams they they don't none of them are really looking at trying to show their full scheme in these games they're just trying to get through them and have a look at the, the guys that are further down the depth chart so I'm not concerned about Kyler Murray well no me either I think he just he didn't look particularly good in week two but then like you say they want to see people further down the depth chart and preseason I mean the Browns went 4-0 and in preseason a couple of years ago and then people were all up on them and then they crashed and burnt drastically so yeah exactly I mean it's just it is what it is isn't it Exactly that, exactly that. Right, Rich, the main event, veterans to watch out for this season. Do you want to go first this week or shall I go first? I'm going to jump in first this go week. So actually, you, actually, you better not be stealing one of my players. I know you've got a li- we've had lists, but you might have duped me and now you're going to steal one of my players. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to stick to my list. So okay. let's start at the quarterback position. So oh, go on. my guy is Kirk Cousins who's currently being drafted at the end of the 13th round as the 21st quarterback off the board, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. I just, I don't really understand how he was a, you know, like an eighth round talent last season. And now he's in the exact same situation and he's been shifted all the way down to 21. For me, he is a fan. He's one of those guys that I'm targeting towards the end of the drafts. I mean, there, there is a situation where you could just punt the position all the way to the end. And while I don't like taking more than one quarterback, you could take Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins and you have now just solidified your position for the whole season. You've got two, maybe two of the best wide receivers in the league in Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs in one of the better offences. So I think... You know, you're certainly going to be getting value at that point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, my court—I might as well start the quarterback position as well. And uh, mine's Big Ben, and I think 
if you're going to draft a late round quarterback you, and you get either Big Ben or Kirk Cousins, you're going to do pretty well. And there must be some leagues where Cousins or Ben don't even get drafted. Yeah, I mean, you can you realistically you could pick up both if you really wanted to. I mean, I don't I don't really pick up two quarterbacks generally, but you know, you easily could based on their ADPs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Big Ben's currently the eleven oh five, so pretty late as well. It's not as late as Kirk Cousins, but when you get to the eleventh round and the quarterbacks are starting to move, and you fancy a Big Ben, I, I don't understand. Antonio Brown's gone, yeah. But then were Big Ben and Antonio Brown getting on? Obviously, Antonio scored 15 touchdowns last year, which significantly helped his numbers. But actually, apart from that, Juju outperformed Antonio. Yeah, I think the thing with uh, Roethlisberger pulling him down is it's the dual, it's the dual um, impact of Antonio leaving and also the number of pass attempts that they had last season is just unsustainable going forwards. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think you, the two of those mean that you're going to get dragged down a little bit. And I actually think more than more so than any other year, I think this call, the quarterback core is actually really strong. I mean, even 14-11, Derek Carr at 24, I think I'd be okay with taking him because he's got Antonio Brown. Or does he? <laughs> well, or does it? I suppose it depends <laughs> on the helmet, right? For sure. But even if Big Ben has... I don't know, 387 completions compared to 452. And he's still throwing for 4,500 yards and 29 touchdowns. That's still pretty good value for the 11th round, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it just goes to prove that you don't need to take one at the top of draft. So those guys that are drafting Pat Mahomes and in the third or second round, then um, you, know, you really don't need to. No, there's absolutely no need. I think... It would be really interesting to see what the differential in points. Uh, obviously, you can't include Mahomes because he went absolutely ham. But the second place quarterback last year, it'd be interesting to see what the differential points were between him and, say, the 10th quarterback. I bet it wasn't much. And I bet you overpaid massively. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things that um, I, I, when I was speaking to Murph before he went to Botswana, yeah. um, he. <laughs> He was wanting to uh, keep a track of the guys that we were recommending as waiver wire pickups and seeing how that that player, you know, that merge of players finished at the end of the season. I think it's, it's a really interesting exercise when you do that because it really does go to show that you don't need an elite quarterback to challenge in fantasy leagues. No, I think I reckon our streaming option of the week at quarterback. I reckon we could get, we will easily finish with a top ten quarterback week to week easily. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, another good quarterback thing, just on that same thing, is Drew Brees. If you want to draft Drew Brees, that's fine. But if you then pick up Lamar Jackson as well, and in, in just standard redraft, I don't necessarily advise grabbing two quarterbacks. But when Drew Brees is on the road and not as good, Lamar Jackson has got good matchups. So if you do want Drew Brees, pair him with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, every- I've I've had it in in a few leagues where people have taken one quarterback or two two quarterbacks and everyone's kind of like looking at you like are you going to take one are you going to take one and you really don't need to I think there's a statistic that's always banded around that I think there's I think last season it was forty quarterbacks finished in the top twelve and that's obviously more than we've got teams <laughs> so it really goes, does go show you don't need to get that quarterback I mean it depends how active your league is. And how active you are. If you one of these guys who, in all fairness, you're probably not going to be listening to this podcast. Um, 
who just wants to make their draft and then just see how it goes by the end of the season, then yeah, go ahead, draft two quarterbacks and draft play one best early. ball. Play best ball. Well, well, yeah, play best ball. But you know, draft one early and you don't really have to think about the waiver wire or anything like that for the season. But if you're in a competitive league, then you should definitely just play the waiver wire. That's the way forward. Yeah, I think it also depends on who you're drafting with. If, like, in your home league, they like to all draft two quarterbacks, that drastically reduces the size of the waiver wire. So if you can see people starting to take a second quarterback, maybe you have to take your first quarterback a little bit earlier just to ensure that you've got a good one and you aren't left with a Josh Rosen or an Eli Manning, someone like that. Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) That would suck pretty bad. Okay, Rich, you're up again. Next position. So let's go running back. And it's the aforementioned Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller seems to be getting. He had he had his mini bump when he um, when obviously there was the news that Foreman got cut, and now it seems as though he's on the way back down um, as a result of <clears throat> Duke Johnson getting signed. Now I think Duke Johnson does he does probably he limits the the ability of Lamar Miller to be on the field and catch passes and you know just be on the field, which obviously limits your ability to score. But he's still going to be the lead back, the you know the one or two down back, and be mixed in with some third downs. So I really don't understand how we can be looking at running backs like you know Miles Sanders is going ahead of him. In the, the all of these are in half PPR, by the way. Right. Um, Miles Sanders is going at the five oh eight. Lamar Miller is going at six oh two, and then you've got uh, Tariq Cohen, Austin Eckler, Latavius Murray. You know, all of these guys going round about the same kind of spot as Lamar Miller. And I think while there's upside in each of those guys, I think I still like Lamar Miller. He's just consistent week after week, and I don't really have to worry about it. So if he's my RB2 and my flex, then I'm I'm all good. Absolutely golden if you can get him as your RB2, and like you say, or flex, depending on if you manage to grab somebody else late. How many years has he been playing in the league now, Rich? Um, do you know what? I don't actually know. I just kind of cheated. I, I was like, oh, it's more than six. Is it though? Uh, he was drafted in 2012. So, mm, all right, I'll let you have that one. Considering my next one is an absolute cheat, and there's well, that's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We're coming into 19, seventh season. Fair enough. My math in my head let me down a little bit there. Not as much as it did when I chose my running back, and that's Devonta Freeman. He technically hasn't played six. He's played five, and he's going into his sixth. But considering running back lifespan is generally pretty short. I consider that to be enough to be classed as a veteran. How do you feel about that, Rich? I mean, again, it's your podcast, so you kind of make the rules. Um, no, 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 no. It's not uh, just mine. <laughs> I mean, I those guys towards the... This is this difficulty thing, because the way running backs are, you're looking generally at those kind of mid mid to late round guys who are veterans, because running back is a young young person's position. You look at the guys who are at the top, they're all on their rookie deals or just signed a new deal, with the exception of Le'Veon Bell. Mm, yeah, but he'd only be on his second year, second deal. Sorry, had he have not been franchise tagged, right? So yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's what I mean. He's been he was franchise franchise tagged twice, and then he's just signed a new deal. So yeah, he'd, he'd definitely be still be on his second deal though. So maybe it would have been as long as the Jets signed him for. I don't know. Like if you increase include the two franchise tags onto the Jets deal maybe if he did sign a deal with the Steelers it would have been for that duration the total duration but we'll never know so what's your love for Devonta Freeman then so my love for Devonta Freeman apart from the fact that he's on my original dynasty roster and I refuse to let him go considering he 
cost me a championship last year. I don't even know why that I don't want to get rid of him. But the Falcons, now their defense was absolutely ravaged by injuries last year. So Matt Ryan had to throw the ball and he threw it 78 times more than the season before and 73 than two seasons ago. So the Falcons threw it an awful lot the last two seasons with the defense being... I'd say back to full fitness, they're going to try and control the clock, run the ball more. And Tevin Coleman is gone. So it's all on Freeman's shoulders. If he can stay fit. And I say if he's only missed three games in four years, apart from last season, which for a running back is pretty good going. And then last season, it was just an unfortunate injury. He should stay fit. And we've seen him be the number one running back in fantasy. In 2015, he was the number one running back, and he's definitely got the skill set. The Falcons have got one of the high-power offenses in the league, and they could push for the Super Bowl. And I think if you're drafting at the beginning of the first round and you start with one of the first four running backs, you get to the end of the second and you want to take a wide receiver or a tight end, you could, you know, George Kittle or Kelsey if he falls that far, and then you think, oh, I'll get another running back. Devonta Freeman's sitting there at the 303. If you're going to start your draft with, let's say, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Evans and Devonta Freeman, I'm all about that life. You're talking about the possibility of two top 10 running backs? Yeah. It's just, I think it's absolute value at the 303. And yeah, in think- some leagues, he goes even late. I've seen him in the early fourth. That's crazy value for me. Yeah, I think it's great as well. I'm, I'm all about it, as you say. So he's definitely making the article coming from this podcast. I just think, I think the Falcons are going to be sneaky good this year. And I think they're going to run the ball a hell of a lot. I don't even think sneaky good is necessarily because, you know, they're pretty stacked. The whole reason why they, they maybe got as many fancy points as they did last season was just because, as you said, the defense just imploded, but they've got so much talent on offense that, they're going to be fancy relevant all season. Yeah. I mean, they, they addressed their biggest issue and that was the O-line in the draft and they grabbed two offensive linemen in the first round. And if that doesn't help Devonta Freeman also, I just don't know what does. Yeah. I mean, they, they absolutely addressed the position. I mean, that was one of the biggest issues that they had keeping Matt Ryan, uh, you know, not on his back. Yeah. Last right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always good. Cause you know, if your quarterback is uh, stood upright, then that probably means they can pass the ball. Better than laying down. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Rich, where's your third position? My third position is a guy who is one of those who, on draft day, you're going to have to keep scrolling to find him. Um, but he is one of one of the more consistent receivers that you'll find in the league. And you can essentially pick him up for free. And that is Mohamed Sanu, who's on the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, sir. So he's currently been drafted at the wide receiver 60, with right at the back of the 13th round. So around at the start of that round, you've got Devin Funchess, Nicole Hardman. Then at the end of that round, you've got Kenny Stills. You've got Michael Gallup, who's gone in the 12th round, John Brown in the 12th, Jameson Crowder in the 12th. I think I'd prefer none of, I'd prefer Sanu over all of those guys. He's not, he's again, not one of those guys who's going to you know, be a barnstormer for you. But if you need a, a bi-week fill-in, then he's more than capable of um, you know, ca- catching the ball and getting you a couple of yards. I mean, he's not had a, last season he had 
66 receptions for 838 yards and four touchdowns. Now, that's not really to be sneezed at at that point in a draft. No, definitely not. So I think he's, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys who, he might he might even be free and he might just be one of those guys you just need to keep an eye on for the waiver wire. But he's definitely a guy that you can slot in whenever yeah. you need on a bye week. I think of the guys you just mentioned, I think John Brown was pretty good with Joe Flacco last year because Joe Flacco likes to throw the ball downfield and Josh Allen has a cannon. So if those two can link up on a few deep balls, John Brown could be, especially in best ball, John Brown could be a, an unreal late grab. And then also uh, you mentioned, who else did you mention, Rich? Around about him. So yeah. I had, there was Devin Funches at the start, Miko Harmon, Kenny Stills. They're all in that round. You've got uh, Jameson Crowder, John Brown, Michael Gallup. Oh, Michael Gallup, yeah, that was the one. So, And also, I think, I think I'd rather Michael Gallup, just in case Amari Cooper is who currently dealing with a significant foot injury that's probably going to keep him out all of the preseason. Even so, you're, you're talking about the... Maybe, I mean, I think it depends. Who, who would you prefer, Michael Gallup or Randall Cobb? Oh, Michael Gallup. Okay. So, in which case... You'd probably prefer him over, but over um, Sanu. But I personally would probably prefer Cobb in a in any kind of like PPR format because I think while you've got Jason Witten come back to Dallas Cowboys, they still need that guy who's going to dump off because while Dak can run, the the fact that Zeke is so effective, if Murray Cooper's not playing, the the defense don't really have to worry about anyone who's really going to be stretching the field. Yeah. I know you got Michael Gallup, but you can you can probably shadow him with one cornerback and you don't really have to worry about it too much. Whereas if Cooper's playing, you have to have a cornerback and probably safety help over the top. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I just I think Gallup's got the potential to be pretty good. But then Sanu is probably you could I think Sanu's variance in where he's drafted is probably a lot bigger than Gallup. Because I imagine sometimes Sanu is just completely forgotten in drafts and goes completely free, like you mentioned. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones that it kind of kind of comes down to roster build up as well. So, what's the rest of my team look like? Because if I've got if I've got the opportunity to um, have someone who's going to bust or break, you know, break off a massive week, then it, I'd go Michael Gallup. But if I've already taken that risk, if I've got you know the likes of um, uh, Cooper and like Brandon Cooks, then I'm probably going to want someone who's going to be a bit more stable in which case Sanu's that guy yeah completely agree I've also gone for a wide receiver who's stable and that's probably the biggest veteran at wide receiver and that's Larry Fitzgerald I don't think anyone encompasses the term veteran as much as he does and let's be honest last year was a dumpster fire with Wilkes and uh, Paul Josh Rosen Sam Bradford was meant to be the starter but got injured because he is made of biscuit Rosen got chucked in Wilkes couldn't run an offence Larry Fitzgerald was thrown to the dumpster. And before that, he had three seasons over 1,000 yards, 100 catches, over six touchdowns in each season. And the way they're going to run that offense this season, there's going to be a lot of balls thrown. Yeah, definitely. So he's currently going at the 805, 90th pick. And if you're going to grab him as your third wide receiver or if you've got a couple of flex spots... If he gets 70 receptions, six touchdowns, 800 and something yards, that I'm all about that life. I think 
he will be the most consistent wide receiver. Christian Kirk will have big weeks. Hakeem Butler is currently injured, maybe placed on the IR. Andy Isabella is going to be the dump-off guy underneath. Or, you know, he's got the speed to stretch the top, but I don't think that's his game. I just think Larry Fitz could have another one of those massive seasons and all of a sudden he's Larry Fitz of old. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that could maybe cap Fitzgerald is the fact that... um you know, Kyler Murray is going to be a mobile quarterback, and you've already got David Johnson. Yeah, there. especially if they play Johnson out of the slot. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like it's one of those where you're not putting a lot of investment in him. You know, yeah, he's eighth round, so there, there are maybe other guys that I prefer to go round him. But in in a PPR format, I think that he, in a, especially in a full PPR format, he's just one of those guys who he just performs. I mean, I think there was a stat that I saw about the fact that he had had more tackles in the NFL than drop balls. I think that's true. I think yeah, I... which is incredible when you consider he's a wide receiver. Doesn't drop balls, obviously. But his job isn't to tackle. You know, so the fact that he's made more tackles than drop balls, it's incredible. Yeah. Do you have anyone else in mind, Rich? Um, now, now I'm not too sure about people who have been in the league for more than six years. So but... obviously Tom Brady... Does he get a bit of a bump with Josh Gordon coming back? I don't really know if I want Tom Brady on my team because I don't think... I think you, you, you actually you started to see it last year and I think you're starting to see the transition of him being less of a downfield stretcher and more of a, I'm just going to manage to win this game. Um, and at the quarterback position, like there's so many options that I don't feel as though you necessarily need to have him. He's one of those guys who's going to be drafted because he's got a uh, name power. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not really too sure if I, um, if I really want, want him on my roster. I think there's other options. I just think people will value him a little bit more now. Josh Gordon's there. And especially if Josh Gordon hype starts to build quickly, people will think they'll compare him to Gronk. Josh Gordon, that is not Tom Brady. And then, uh, They'll think, oh, well, Brady's got this super weapon again, and they'll take him. Talking, staying in that sort of region of America, how about Frank Gore? <laughs> he is pretty old. <laughs> he is pretty old. He's, I think his, his, I'm not really too sure what's going to happen in Buffalo, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of talk that LaShawn McCoy is going to be traded. I know he looked good in preseason, but there's some talk that I've seen on Twitter that some of that was putting him in the shop window, like operating him out slot and things. Um, yeah. Well, while we're in Buffalo, Shady's been in the league for more than six years as well. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. I, I don't really know if I want any part of Buffalo because I'm not really too sure what that shapes out to look like. I mean, you've got TJ Yeldon, who was effective in his time in Jacksonville. You've got uh, Devin Singletary, who has had a reasonable amount of hype in the preseason. Obviously, us being in the UK, there is an unreal amount of hype around Christian Wade. Yep. And I don't really know if I really want too many parts of that Buffalo offense. They're not going to score that many points. And I want my running backs to be on offenses that are going to score. I agree. Josh Allen, though, he's not a terrible choice. He's not terrible because he rushes, but that's it's kind of a cheat code in fantasy. But even so, I think I'd prefer Kirk Cousins, who's going a couple of points, you know, a couple of spots ahead of him. Yeah, me too, me too. I can't think of anyone else old off the top of my head. I mean, it's Philip Rivers, who I think he, he maybe gets affected most by Melvin Gordon being out because Melvin Gordon's one of those guys that they use in the red zone to catch passes. And Melvin Gordon is effective when you give him the ball. And if 
if he's not on the field, then I think Philip Rivers is now having to look at the likes of Austin Eckler, who, while he's a good pass catcher, I don't think he's really too, too effective in the red zone. The, yeah. the other thing is you do have effective red zone weapons and you've got Mike Williams, you've got Hunter Henry, and you've got Keenan Allen, who's a pretty good route runner. I mean, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns in any one season, but he's still really effective. Yeah, 100%. Andrew Brees, I suppose, along the same time lines. He's, this could be his last year. He's throwing attempts for down last year. Down the stretch, fantasy season-wise, he sort of let you down. Not sure I want him really unless needs must. But Yeah, I mean, I don't really want Drew Brees, but I think I think that's, it's just telling because it's more... It's more, not more that I don't want Drew Brees. It's more that I want other players. So I can pick up Drew Brees in the eighth or I could pick up... Jameis Winston in the 10th. So at, at that point, I need to look at the running backs and wide receivers that are going around at that position and think, would I prefer, say, Drew Brees and Matt Breeder, or would I prefer Royce Freeman and Jameis Winston? Or if I want a receiver, then you know, Geronimo Allison and Geronimo Allison or um, DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, as the, as the receiver duo, who would I prefer out of those two? So I think that's kind of what it comes down to is the opportunity cost of making that pick. Yeah, that's fair. Makes absolute sense to me. I think I think we've covered the the veterans pretty well there, Rich. Yeah, I uh, I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> so we're agreeing on something at long last. <laughs> Perfect. Right, Rush Nation. Rich and I will be back in your ear, ear holes later on in the week, unless Murph somehow manages to get enough Botswana and currency together i don't even know what currency they're using botswana but if he manages to get enough currency together to cut a return flight and jump on the podcast at the end of the week it will be me and rich we have a guest and we're doing some projection disagreements between rich and our guest it's going to be a whole lot of fun rich this has been an absolute pleasure mate uh, no worries on. and uh, just in case you're wondering it's the uh, the pula is the botswana currency the yeah. pula p-u-l-a how many did you get to the pound? uh a lot <laughs> <laughs> infinite amount so one one pooler is worth seven pence ah that's interesting and with that bombshell we will leave it there Rich I'll catch at you later on in the week Rush Nation as always until the end of the week keep rushing HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.